Hi, my name's Craig Davenport, and I am a bookmaker near Nashville, Tennessee. I learned about Alan Donegan from listening to the Choose a Five podcast, and I really liked his energy, his humor, his optimism, and especially his business philosophy about starting a business without spending money. That's awesome. So I started listening to his podcast and uh, got the opportunity to join the Rebel Finance class, which was uh, trying to introduce my wife to the Phi lifestyle and philosophy more than anything, but it was great. We had a good time. And uh, the idea of knowing your beliefs on money really interested me. And uh, we, I felt like we kind of went over the philosophy really quickly and using your money beliefs to build your philosophy. And now that I've got Alan cornered, I wanted to work out a plan and create uh, a money philosophy and a set of rules so that we can all create uh, great money philosophies. And I get to take over the Rebel Entrepreneur Podcast. The extraordinary belongs to those that created. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur. Okay, so first I thought we would talk about um, money beliefs. And you had like a whole lot of stuff to help people uncover their money beliefs. And your first thing that you had said was to do a money for money to letter or a letter to money, I guess. Well, it's a fascinating exercise when you get into it because so here's the thing. People have all of these beliefs about money, how to create it that are based on experiences from their childhood, based on experiences they've had as an early adult that have affected them and created these big experiences. Maybe these beliefs are hand down to them from their parents, such as money doesn't grow on trees or one that a member of my family said to me very recently was money is the root of all evil. And it's really interesting that you get given these beliefs, you never doubt them, and then you act as if they are true. And imagine if you had that belief that money is the root of all evil, are you going to want to keep it around? Are you going to want to hang out with money? Are you going to want to have fun with it if it's the root of all evil? And the beliefs you have directly affect your financial future because they affect your actions moment to moment. So if we can uncover the beliefs, we'll start to understand why you do what you do, which then we can start to understand, okay, there might be better beliefs that get me to the future actually that I want rather than the one I'm ending up at. And one of the ways to uncover your money beliefs is to write a letter to money. And it starts out with, dear money, hello, how are you? It's been a while. Um, and it's really interesting what people write in those letters to money. So did you do that I exercise? I did that exercise. Quick? And I have with me my letter to money. Do you want me to read it or no? Yeah, give us give us a bit of your okay. money letter. Well, I, I wrote, dear money, where have you been? I remember when we were kids, we used to pass the time. I would spill you out on the bed and stack you up. I seem to always know where you were and how much of you I had. But now I never see you. 
I know you're close because I see the food in the house. I see the packages that you have delivered, but I never see you. I don't know how much of you I have. Sometimes I'm afraid to buy anything, gas, candy bar, the nice truck part. I don't know if you can cover it. So what do I do? I turn to credit card and hope that you can cover the bill when it comes. Sometimes I see the packages you send to my wife and I assume that there is a lot of you. So I buy things I want on my credit card. You'll still be there when the bill comes, right? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and I mean, that's pretty much, I never had to worry about money. So uh, my wife took it over and she's been handling it and I don't know what's going on. Uh, it has gotten better We uh, since the, the finance class. And we've had a few money meetings. So that's where I'm starting from. So you're starting to have monthly finance meetings with your wife, starting to work together on the finances. Yep. We're trying to kind of get on the same page and work together as a team. But we also found out while doing uh, the letter, she did her letter, I did my letter, and our money philosophies or our money beliefs are very different. So, yeah. Interesting. Tell me more. So Tell she me hates more. money and is afraid of running out of money and doesn't like dealing with money. And she's the one that is dealing with our money. He, and you yeah, put her in charge. I've allowed this to happen. <laughs> so, knowing or going through our beliefs, there's also, uh, you had a lot of journaling that I'm going to tell you the truth. I did not do. But I thought about the questions. I didn't write them down. <laughs> but that's the first step. That's the first step is thinking about the questions. Thinking about the questions is further than most people ever go. Most people never even start. So the questions is like, what is money? What does money mean to you? Uh, and all of these questions get you thinking about money, its influence on life, where it comes from. And for those of you listening might be thinking, well, we're talking a lot about money right now. How is this applicable to business? Well, the same money beliefs that affect your personal finances affect your business finances. If you believe it's hard to make money, well, it probably will be. If you believe that money flees quickly, that money causes pain, then in your business life, that's going to affect what you do with money and how you operate your business. So these same core beliefs that you have affect every area of your life and if you can create a positive set of beliefs around money and a way of acting around money it really can change the way you interact and therefore your results with money yeah all right it, it's weird to me because it it seems like that um if you put that thought and energy out there, then it'll come to you. Well, so there's, there's a famous movie stroke book called The yeah. Secret. And the secret is, you know, I will think positively, I will think positively, and I will imagine money coming to me, and I will imagine all this stuff. The problem is, is that that movie kind of forgot the key bit, which is taking action afterwards. It didn't really say you have to do things. It just says you have to think positively. And I am definitely not a believer in that. Like thinking positively 
and creating a great money mindset is step one. Um, so the real piece here is if you have a positive money mindset, your chances of success are higher. If you have a negative money mindset, your chances of success are lower because you will have problems, because things will go wrong, because you will self-sabotage. And it just means your chances of success are higher. You're still the one who has to do it. You're still the one who has to go and take action, make things happen, create the opportunity. You can't just think positively and expect it to turn up. Otherwise, my house would be filled with Lego pizza and all sorts of stuff. You know, I'd just be here going Lego, 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 and it would turn up at the door. Uh, I have to take the action and do the thing. And I think that's like step one is get your mindset correct because that will change everything. Then is taking relentless action and moving it forwards that really makes a difference. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen the secret and yeah, exactly. It, it's that first part, but it doesn't get that second part in there. So when we're talking about the money beliefs, do we want to go over like what is a positive and what are some of the negative beliefs? Yeah, we could talk about those money beliefs or we can get straight into the questions you want to ask and where you want well, to go with this. I mean, there's no harm to diving we into could, uh go right into well talking about money beliefs and good and bad money philosophies or how does a philosophy different from just the beliefs so i think the philosophy is a more encompassing word that shows all of the way you think about money because the beliefs are just the things that are passed down from your parents that are created in society the beliefs that if i want a nicer life i have to spend more money that's a belief that's passed down by society and definitely given it to us by marketing teams who say we have to spend more to get more stuff to have a happier life we need more amazon packages at the door to be happier that's kind of what we're taught. Those are the beliefs. But then the philosophy includes, what are your values? Uh, what's your mission? Where's your wealth thermostat set to? Like, like, how do you, does money come to you easily? Does it not? Do you believe you can earn money? There's all sorts of different elements of this that set up the way you interact with money, the way you interact with finances, and predict whether you're going to have a great financial future or not. So I just see philosophy as a more encompassing term that allows us to think about all these different elements rather than just the foundational beliefs. Okay, so the philosophy is more just what I think is also what I want to project into the future and the things that I'm going to do now to make that life happen. Yeah, well, let me give you a, a concrete example of another part of the philosophy that makes these things up. So another part would be your values, which is what is important to you. So if I ask you the question, Craig, and like, what is important to you? Like, what's important to you in your life? So, of course, family is important. Um, my kids, I have dogs that are important to me. Um, having fun is important to me. Uh, comic books are important to me. 
<laughs> and I enjoy working on my truck. So that's important to me as well. That's cool. So that's a cool list. So we've got family, we've got fun, we've got the dogs, we've got comic books, we've got these elements that make up what are important to you in life. And your values determine where you place your energy and your focus. Because if you didn't think it was important, you wouldn't spend your time and your energy on it. So you tend to, one tends to spend one's time in alignment with one's values. And when we don't, we feel out of balance. So if family is top of the list and we're dragged away by work, we're doing other things, we'll feel out of alignment because we're not giving the most important thing in our life the focus that it needs. Now, I did this exercise when I was uh, on a training course many years ago and the coach, the trainer got us to write out our values and we wrote down like what's important to us. And mine were things like integrity was right up there. I like to be honest, uh, creativity, Katie hanging out with her. She's lovely. Um, having fun. There was this whole list of things. Everyone had spent a long time creating this list. We were all proud. We'd got our values down. We knew what we were doing. Then he looked at us all and said, where's money on your list? And I looked down my list and went, money's not there. Like, it's literally not on my list. And he looked at all of us and said, and it felt like at the time he was staring straight into my soul. Uh, he said, well, if money's not on your list, that's probably why you don't have any. Like, if money's not important to you, if you don't value it, well, you're not going to spend time focused on it. You're not going to spend time like looking after it. And he was not saying money should be top of the list. But if it's not even on the list of things that are important to you in your life, you're going to do everything but look after it, manage it, like work with it. And that's really interesting. And from that point on, I was like, oh, money needs to be on my list of values. So all of a sudden it started to appear in the top five or six um, I started to think, well, money, money buys me freedom. Money actually buys me the time to spend with Katie, to spend with my family, to do the cool travel that I want to do. Money actually facilitates a lot of my top values. So maybe it should be up there with them because it actually enables me to do them. So I had a real shift from money being low, where it didn't even show up on my values because of all the family incidents I had. When I was younger, I had a bad attitude. I did not want money to be around me. I felt it caused problems um, and then had this shift that money went up my values. And all of a sudden, I started to focus on it more. I started to work to get it more. I started to work to invest it. And it completely changed my relationship with money. Now, I think the money's cool. Money gives me opportunity. Money allows me to do the coolest things. Like I am in Colombia building the Rebel Business School. If I hadn't saved and invested, I couldn't be out here enjoying amazing breakfast, speaking Spanish and help launch a business school in Colombia. Like I lead a completely incredible life for me. And it's because money was higher up on my values. So that's kind of like you've got your beliefs, you've got your values, you've got all these different elements that make up your money philosophy. So 
I guess one of the questions to the audience and to everyone listening and to you is where is money on your list of values? Is it even on there? I think so much we're told that if money is on your list of values, then you're shallow and you're greedy and you're not a good person because you're thinking about money and not saving the rainforests or decreasing the amount of plastic in the ozone layer or something. Yeah, isn't that interesting how we put these judgments? Society says if you think about money too much, you are evil, you are greedy, you are bad. Um, and I have the exact opposite view, which is why I think I've had some fun with money. And my view is the more money I get, the more good I can do. Like, it's incredible. Without money, it's difficult to do good. I can't organize experiences and run courses and do stuff. Katie and I gave away the Rebel Finance School. We didn't charge anyone for it. We spent our time doing it, and it was a huge investment of our time. It even cost us money to have MailChimp, website hosting, Zoom stuff. It cost us to give away this free thing, and I don't think people realize that. I spent money giving away a training course. Could I have done that if I didn't have money? Money allows me to do good and just like stop thinking money's evil and start thinking money is an opportunity to create change in the world and do good. And you will have completely different results. Talk about a different way of thinking about money, Craig. Uh, it changes everything. So money's more of a tool. It could be good. It could be bad, depending on how you use it. Well, it's exactly that, because some people will use money for bad. Some people will use money for good. Some people will fritter away money. Some people will save it under the mattress and do nothing with it. Like, money is just a thing. It is the person that makes it good or evil. All right, so, Alan, how do I make my philosophy? Now, there is a broad question, a very broad question. Like, let's step through the different elements Uh Step one is definitely the beliefs. So we need to uncover what you currently believe and then start to install new positive beliefs. Like if your old beliefs are society will judge me as bad or evil if I focus on money too much. That's what I believe. That is going to stop you focusing on money. It's going to stop you doing what you need to do to get your finances in order. And you will remain with a lack of cash because you think people will like you more because you don't have money. And people genuinely do this, and I can understand why. But like, if you want to have money in your life, we need to change that underlying belief to something more positive, such as uh, people will still love me even if I have money. Um, or actually, if I have money, I can do more good with it and I can have more fun. And let me give you an example of this. One of my friends, I love him dearly. He was very down uh, during COVID and the pandemic. He had anxiety and was really struggling with life. And I wanted to create an impact. So Katie and I wrote him a letter with ideas, sending him love. And then I bought him one of the brand new Lego sets. He's a huge Marvel geek. I bought him, I don't know if you've seen this, they bought the new Spider-Man like tower, the Daily Bugle oh, okay. tower. It's a huge Lego set. It's incredible. I bought it for him, 
sent it to him and told him told asked his wife to give him the letter at the same time he got the Lego set. And I think he was stumped for words for like two days. It completely shook him out of the state he was in and gave him a new direction and more energy. And that money that I spent allowed me to create an impact of positivity for my friend. And just if you see it differently, if you look at these things differently, you will see that money allows you to do good. It doesn't stop things and it doesn't mean that just because you've got money, you're bad. And you need to then change that belief and going, well, actually, money facilitates incredible opportunities, doing good, looking after my friends. We have a a set of friends that we paid for the accommodation when we went away for a weekend last year. And we wanted to do it because they're teachers and they work for the NHS and they don't actually have that much money. But Katie and I do, and we've saved and invested and we've done it to do that. And that money allows us to do good. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of, I'm trying to, to reshift my beliefs and my vision, I guess, because I've been so much of, oh, I'd love to do this for this person, but I don't know if I can spend that money, you know? Um, but I totally see where it, you, if you're getting outside your own skin and you're seeing the world around you, you can see ways that money can help. And it's not, I have money. I can spend money on me. It's I can spend money on the things that I find important and the people that I find important. Yes, absolutely. So if we can work out what the current beliefs are and then start to think about what beliefs we want to have because the really interesting thing is as you notice this if you speak to people who are successful with money and when I'm talking about successful with money I do not mean they have a BMW or a Mercedes in the driveway that's probably a sign that they don't have much money and they're on finance. I mean, the people are actually good at saving, investing, and you you might struggle to find them, but they're there. If you speak to them, they have a completely different set of beliefs to your average person about money. Completely different set of beliefs. And if you take the extreme, extreme, extreme version, just to make an example... Warren Buffett is one of the wealthiest men in the world. He's an investor. And he believes it's easier to make money than it is to spend money. Like that is the opposite belief than most people have. Uh, And I'm starting to come round to his way of thinking in recent years. When I was 20, I was like, shut up, Warren. This is rubbish. What do you mean it's easier to make money? I'm working really hard. I'm not making any money. This is ridiculous. Um, but if you take those extreme things and you start to act as if these different beliefs are true, it will change the way you behave. It'll change your actions and it'll change the way you interact with money, which will therefore change your results. But it all starts with that root of what do I currently believe and what would be a better belief or a more empowering belief to have in that area? Because it, 
None of these beliefs are right or wrong. Money is not the root of all evil, and money is not an amazing tool. It's just a thing. It's just whatever you believe about it is true. So why don't you pick beliefs that are more positive and enable you to have a good relationship with it? So we've had to have that foundation of knowing exactly what it is we already are, what's already in our mind, our beliefs. So now we need to create new beliefs and make sure that they're positive beliefs and the, the beliefs of the, the world we want to create or the world we want to live in. Now what? Now what? I know that's the <laughs> huge elephant question in the room, right? Now what? So I actually, I went on a course many years ago that had a daily, daily ritual around this stuff. And it was, um, you would think about the top three beliefs you want to hold about money today and you would write them down and then you would spend the day like acting as if they were true. Uh, and then it would be, okay, so what are my values? What's important to me? And what am I doing to look after or invest my money? So every day it was sort of training your mind to think differently about money. And here's the bit, Craig, is most people, like, I'm 42. How old are you roughly? Is that a rude question to ask well, on the I'm, podcast? I'm roughly 42 and a half. Roughly, <laughs> roughly 42 and a half. So it sounds like we're almost exactly the same age. I was born in 78. Um, I was early 79. Like so. Early 79. So I'm slightly older. Um, here's the interesting bit. For the first 30 years of my life, I had negative money training. I was trained by society. I was trained by schools. I was trained by the radio, by TV stations. I was trained by my parents who had a tumultuous relationship with money. I was trained by all of these things for like 30 years. That's not a quick thing to unwind. That's, you're not going to be done overnight. This is not something where you go, okay, I've got to 30. That's it. Now I'm going to change my money belief and I will always act positively around money I'll forever. I'll just come out of my cocoon like, like a butterfly. Exactly. Like this is not something that changes overnight. This is something we've got to work on over the long term. And it's really interesting. If you start to work on it day by day, piece by piece, to start with, you'll feel like an imposter. So today I'm going to believe it's easier to make money than it is to spend money. And that's how I'm going to act. And you'll feel weird. It's like, this doesn't feel right. I don't think this is right. Well, of course it doesn't feel right. It's the opposite belief to the one you've had in training for 30 years. Of course it doesn't feel right. But you try it out. You act as if it was so. You have a go. And then you do something different the next day and positively move forwards. And this is Doing it for a week is not going to reverse 30 years of negative training. Like, it's just not. We've got to do it over a long period. And also the interesting thing is investing and saving over a long period. That's what creates true wealth. So if we start to think differently, start to take the daily actions of instead of spending £20 or $20 on the next Amazon purchase, we take it and we invest it instead. 
and we do that every single day and we think positively about money and we we look after it and we invest it and we change the way we think and we start to believe that we can earn more and we start to do the actions that are in line with the thought that we can earn more, over time, that will change everything. What tends to happen, though, is people do it for two weeks and then go, that didn't work, that was rubbish. So, well, it takes 10 years, like, just chill, just do a little bit each day, you'll be fine. Um, And the only reason I know this, Craig, is because that's what I did. It's like, why hasn't this worked yet? And I get very upset. Um, but it doesn't work overnight. We need to consistently do it. So when you're saying, like, what's the activity? What do I actually do? This is it. Like, each week, focus on your values. Am I living my life in line with my values? Is money on my list? Am I caring for it? Am I looking after it? Am I investing it? Am I choosing a belief that I want to act as if it's true for this week and test it out and see if I like it? And if I like it, I might keep it and keep working on. And then all of a sudden, in 10 years' time, you'll be going, oh, wow. Like, my finances have grown hugely. I feel positive. And I actually believe money is cool and brings opportunity. But it's not going to happen overnight. It's a long journey. Okay, so I'm hearing uh, uh, change your mindset, uh, create your beliefs that you want to be real, and then act like they are until they are. Well, you, you act as if they're true, you test them out, and then you see if you get positive feedback. And it, the interesting bit is, like if you act, let's take one that's like a, a really, a fairly extreme version, but one that's real. Money is the root of all evil. Okay. Uh, and lots of people believe that because they've had arguments with family. They've had problems like money has actually caused a negative impact in their life. So they've actually started to believe that. If you start to go, okay, money's not the root of all evil. The people are the problem. Money's just a tool. I'm going to act as if money is a tool. I'm going to act as if it's a tool to build the life I want to. And I'm just going to test that out this week um, and see how it feels. And then in the morning, I'm going to think, okay, so my belief for the day is money is a tool. If I believe money is a tool, what would I do today differently? Well, I start to use that tool to build the future I want to build. I start to think of it as like, this is a cool thing to have around because it's a cool tool. I can do things with it. I can build a future. I can create change. I can do stuff with it. And I'm going to act differently rather than if money's the root of all evil, well, I want to get rid of it. I don't want that around, yeah. If it causes, I don't want that around. It causes family problems, push it away. And I'm going to act as if it's true. I'm going to think about what's different. And then like, by the end of the week, you might start seeing, well, okay, like I've acted as if money is a tool. I've started to save some of it. I've not spent it as much. I've used it for cool things. Actually, by the end of the week, I'm acting as if it's true. And based on this belief, my world is slightly better. Like I'm not having as many arguments. I'm not pushing it away. I've got some more left in my bank. I'm thinking about building a better future maybe this belief might actually be useful maybe i'll keep it for a second week and see what happens 
and then you try it longer and you try it longer and then eventually you go actually money is a tool like it is it's just a tool it's not good it's not bad it's a tool i can use to do cool stuff with and then you start to actually believe it and i think the first step is just trying it on. It's like a new piece of clothing. It's like a new hat. It's like a a new way of thinking, a new way of living. And I'm just going to test it and see what I like. Um, and then you, you experiment and see which ones work for you, what you enjoy. The one thing I can tell you, though, is if you speak to a bunch of people who have money and who have become financially successful they will have similar beliefs about it. And that's quite interesting. I need more of those friends. <laughs> hang out in the financial independence groups, hang out with the different people. Like they're all there. They're all working on it. They're definitely around. And that actually comes Craig to an interesting point. Part of your philosophy is created by the people you surround yourself with. So you become the sum of the five people closest to you. So if you think of the five people closest to you, how are they doing financially? What kind of jobs are they in? How much money are they earning? Where are they with their financial life? And you're probably somewhere in the ballpark of the five people around you. And they will be the people who most influence your beliefs, your thoughts, your way of acting with money, your ideas. If you're around five people who put everything on credit cards, go into debt regularly, believe they're trapped in a job, struggle to make progress on their future, that's going to infect your money philosophy and your beliefs and your ideas and your way of acting and you become infected by it. And it's very difficult to pull yourself out of that. So surrounding yourself with a bunch of people who are infectious, full of energy, infectious in a positive way. I know we're in a pandemic, so there's a little bit of worry about yeah. that word. But you know what I mean? Like infectious with Enthusiasm. happiness. With... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Positivity, yeah. enthusiasm. Like it is possible to earn more. It is possible to save more. It's possible to create the financial future of your life. Like that... Those people will drag you up in terms of energy and positivity. And the five people you closest surround yourself to, like here's the exercise I would love everyone, including you to do listening to this, is list the five people that you are closest to and jot down some notes, write some ideas about what do they believe about money. And if you don't know, ask them. What do they think about it? What's their relationship with money? What did their parents teach them about money? Ask them some questions. And then just like make a few notes about where the people are around you. And it'll be really interesting to see how in line with those people are you or how out of whack with those people are you. Because those are the ones that have the most impact on your money philosophy. Well, I've done this with the person that I spend the most time with. And I'm trying to, well, her belief, which of course would be my wife, is uh, we're trying to adjust hers and mine. I think I'm farther away from the negative side than she is, but we are both moving, which is better than standing still or drifting back. 
It's fantastic. Well, you've got a teammate to do it with, which is amazing. And to think about this stuff and to work on it together, that's incredible to have someone to do it with and that you've even had these conversations. Like how many people have the conversation about money before they get married, before they have kids, before whatever? How many people have that conversation of, what did your parents teach you about Oh, yeah, it's just coming out now. Um, (laughs) Just during your class. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um it's fascinating we don't we don't think about this we just literally don't think about this we dive into a relationship without thinking about money first and the number one reason for divorce in america is money it creates the most arguments the most tension the most problems and yet we don't consider it so it's fascinating when you start to have these conversations and then you sort of get on to another element of the money philosophy, which is each of you will be at different points on certain scales. So there's the spender versus the saver. And quite often in a relationship, there's one person who's freer to spend and there's one person who saves a bit more. And that can cause tension. And it's interesting to sort of note where you are and how you feel about it and what you want to do about it. And in mine and Katie's relationship, Katie is the extreme saver. Like she will not spend money unless I push her to do it. And actually like she does it at the detriment of her health of other things. Again, I need to actively help her to spend more. Whereas I'm a little bit more freer. I'm still pretty frugal, pretty much a saver, but I'm a little bit more freer. Like if it's going to make my life better, I'll spend some extra money because that's okay because it makes my life better. But knowing that helps us to help each other to be better with our finances. I know my wife makes fun of me because I have a habit uh, that I picked up from my mom of trying to talk myself out of buying things. It doesn't always work. (laughs) But I try to think about it uh, before I purchase. But yeah, okay. I guess I'm having a little bit of a problem because this is so metaphysical and uh, it's, Mm. it sounds really hard to measure. It's more of a, how does my life feel now that I've changed this money belief? Do you have any tips on that? Uh, Yes, basically it is hard to measure because like the heart. So what we're talking about is what gets measured gets improved. And if you can measure something, then you can focus on it and you can change it. And it's very difficult to measure. How's my mindset about money? Is it positive this month? Is it negative? And you can kind of do that. And in this world, there are hard measures and there are sort of soft ones. And the hard measures are, what is my net worth? What's my income? What's my savings rate? Those are hard measures you can look at every month to see, am I making progress? You know, is my net worth going up? Is my income going up? Is my savings rate going up? If so, I'm making progress on the hard financial numbers of my finances. And those are sort of the side effect of getting your mindset right. 
if you have a positive mindset and you get your mind in order, you get your beliefs in order, you get your values straight and you feel good about it, then the money will start to come into line with that and will start to progress. So you can definitely track those and you can look at those and go, am I headed in the right direction? Do we feel good? And most people, if you ask them what's their net worth, they haven't got a clue. Like they can't tell you what their net worth is. And you don't have to answer this question, Craig, but can you tell me yes. what your net worth is? Oh, see, that just makes my heart sing. You know the number, you know where you're going, and then you can look at it each month and go, am I going in the right direction? And that's some really simple numbers that you can measure and see improvement on. Then we can do the softer stuff of how do I feel? So you could do a, a scale at the end of each month and go, okay, on a scale of naught to 10, naught is I feel like money's running away from me. Like I'm in a, in a, what's the word I'm looking for? The opposite of abundance. Scarcity mindset. So naught is money's are running away from me. I'm in a scarcity mindset. Like there's just not enough. I'm struggling. Things are bad. 10 is I'm in an abundance mindset. Money's flowing to me. There's plenty for everyone. I'm having a good time. Life is good. And you can rate yourself each month on that scale and go, how do I feel? And then over time, it'll be really interesting to see how's that tracking? Is it going in the right direction? Am I happy? And you can set these sort of scales up for yourself to see how you feel and where you're going and then track it over time. And that's really fascinating. So you can sort of have the soft scales of how you feel. Am I confident about money? How do I feel with my happiness? Am I scarcity or abundance? How do I feel there? And then you've got the hard numbers of net worth, savings rate and different things. And then you can see whether you're making progress on this stuff over time. The thing is, just track it once a month. Don't do it more. Otherwise, you'll be paranoid about it. Um, just track it once a month to see if you're moving in the right direction. And then the final question to ask each month is, if we keep going like this, am I happy with the destination? And if you ask that question, it'll be really interesting to see, like, are you happy with where you're going or are you not? If not, what do I need to change to be on target? If I'm happy with the destination, then keep doing that positive stuff. Keep thinking that way. Keep testing those beliefs. Keep going. And you will start to know whether you're going in the right direction. And then you can physically see the graph of your beliefs, the graph of your net worth, the graph of your confidence around money. And you can start to actually see it and track it. So my next question um can we do all of this since you you have a business podcast can we do all of this for our business too for like the corporate culture that we want to create in our our businesses Absolutely <laughs> absolutely you can you can create any culture any way of thinking you want in your business and I think it's actually really important to do so. So about, I don't know, four or five years ago, I started to get excited about financial independence and started to tell my team about it. 
and my business partner Simon and the team at Rebel Business School and I started to tell them about it. If you save and invest, you can become FI. You just need to save this. And I probably put a few of them off at the start with because I was a bit evangelical. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they started to get it. Uh, we started to increase their pension payments. So we pay probably 10 times what the British government say we should as a minimum to people's pensions, maybe more. And we do it, and I keep saying this to everyone at the team at Rebel Business School, is I want you to work here because you choose to work here, not because you have to work here for your salary. And I will pay extra into your pensions. The company, well, the company, we all contribute extra to our pensions because you're saving for the future. We're looking after you. And that's changed people's mindset. It's, oh, like, I'm working here because I want to. And look what it's creating for the future for me. And you just have to start telling people your mindset, what you want to do, how you want to operate. And I don't care what element it is, you get to decide, especially if it's your own business, you get to decide, you get to think, what do I want to believe about business? What are my values in my business? Like, where is money? How does it interact? How does it do it? And let me give you one real life example of how we do this at Rebel, which actually comes from James Headspeeth. He's head of sales at Rebel. He's awesome. And one day we were all out for a team meal, a particularly hard week, work of week, a particularly hard work week. And we're all sat having food. And at the end, uh, I paid with the company credit card. So the company paid for the meal. And James said, thank you, Rebel Business School. And we thought that was interesting. We're thanking the business for our food and the business that we all work on creates these meals out it creates the salaries it creates what we're doing and it's like thank you rebel business school for looking after us and that attitude of thanks that attitude of the business is providing for all of us i think has really positively helped us to focus on like if we do the sales, if we look after the customers, if we generate the results, then the business looks after us in return. And it's just a different way of thinking about business. It really is. <laughs> I mean, as an, an employee, it's I'm of the mindset. It's like I go in and I do this and then the company gives me money. Not so much of I'm doing this to help the company sell this product to that's a high quality product to bring in more customers so that the company can make money and then pay me some of the money, more of a profit sharing kind of thing instead of a, Oh, they're giving me money. Yeah. And we're all in this together as a team. It's not, I do my bit and leave. It's we all work together. We come up with ideas. If you've got a problem, I'll help you. And, yeah, we're all in this together. And I think you get to create the company culture you want to live by. And even if you are an employee, you can affect company culture just by taking ownership, just by thinking above just turning up to do your job. 
and thinking like, how can I help my manager? How can I help the team? How does this all work together? And it completely changes the way you operate and you think. And yeah, like your philosophy in life will affect your results in every single part of your life. Well, I'm excited to do it now. That's, that's good. To do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that I guess is the interesting bit. What are you actually going to do, oh. Greg? What, based on this conversation, what are you actually going to do? Well, I think I'm going to need to do the the thing I've been dreading doing, which is getting in my headspace and uh, dredge up um, all the beliefs that I want to believe and where I want to be and want to go. Then I need to set up uh, some experiments and try those beliefs out. Your mini experiments, right? We'll do mini experiments for a week, maybe a month, because it might take more than a week, right? <laughs> yeah, changing the course of your financial future might take more than a week. Shock news from the rebel I mean, entrepreneur. I've only been doing this for forty years, and I'm trying to change it. <laughs> I can do it in four days, right? <laughs> four hours. Um. One final exercise that I'd love to give you and all the listeners is this. Uh, one thing you can do, which we've done in the past, which actually has quite an impact, is write, maybe do it on post-it notes, pieces of paper, whatever you can, but physically write out all of the negative beliefs that are holding you back. Then write out all the positive beliefs you'd like to have and sort of say those out loud. And then what I'd love you to do is take the negative beliefs, take them into the garden, take them somewhere safe, get a match and burn them. And say, you helped me in the past, be safe. You had positive intentions. You tried to look after me, but it's time to let you go. Say thank you to them, burn them and then move on and look forwards. Because those beliefs are what holds you back from having the future you really want to have. All right. I know my biggest thing is I never wanted to worry about money. So I don't worry about money. So I don't know anything about money. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't, you know, I'm not 100% clear on what we spend money on and, you know, how much money is coming in and where it's going and how much are we saving, which um, we are saving some. Creates worry. Which creates a worry of not knowing. So (laughs) It was interesting. So I would maybe change that one to, uh, I want to enjoy knowing where we are financially so that I can relax and think consciously about my expenditure. And like, Whatever the belief, you need to find your own words, but the opposite of I never want to worry about money, which the action is I will just never think about it. Like we need to change that to I want to positively think about money so that I never have to worry about money. I want to take control of my finances and have fun with them so that I never have to worry about money. Like you can change the belief to create a positive way of thinking about money and a difference in your future. All right. 
I don't have anything else. <laughs> what, what else do we need to do? I... Uh, well, I think so. We got a couple of minutes left. The one thing I would love at the end is what's your closing thought? What's your closing statement? So if you had to say to people what you've learned about money, what your thoughts are, what you're going to do differently, like what's your closing thoughts about money? So um, what I'm taking away is to build a positive money philosophy. It's more than just a money philosophy. It's it's pretty much a life philosophy. Uh, you want to... Know your beliefs. First, you want to know your values and what you value and what you want to do. Your beliefs and what you currently are doing. Now we need to find out where's the gap in between those and what are the things that we want to change. So we can have our beliefs and change them into our more positive or future beliefs. Because, I mean, we shouldn't be doing negative and positive because it's not all binary. And then do many experiments, test it out of those beliefs and see how they make us feel, how they, we've got to find ways to measure them, right? So if there's a hard measure, we measure the hard measure. If there's a soft measure, we need to, you know, actually think and measure ourselves to see where we are on that soft measure before we completely accept. And actually the soft measures are more important quite often than the hard measures. The hard measures are the result of the soft measures going well. So when we say hard and soft, like do not think the hard ones are actually the easy ones to measure. The soft ones are the important ones. Well, that will I was get thinking the hard ones are the concrete ones. They're the, the ones that you look up and you mm -hmm. can do maths to get. And the other one is, it's floating, it's ethereal, it's, how do I feel today? And it can uh, change somewhat rapidly sometimes. Hopefully not that big of a change, but, and then just keep doing it and keep doing it and then keep doing it some more absolutely keep doing it because the extraordinary life you want is not built in a day it's built by doing those actions on a daily basis over years that compound into an incredible extraordinary life um craig thank you so much for coming on the podcast and opening up this conversation which is not something we've talked about on the rebel entrepreneur at all so it's been absolutely fascinating thank you for your energy and uh, effort. thank you thank you for all the work that you're doing and all the effort you're putting in and uh, thank you for like diving into some philosophy with me. I guess that's where we're at. <laughs> philosophy zone. I feel like I should put my toga on and we should sit around talking about philosophy in a Greek way. Um, hopefully this is a little more practical than that. And if you're listening to the podcast, I did write an article all about the different elements of the money philosophy on my blog alandonegan.com so you can go to the blog find the article about money philosophy and you will see all of the different elements and a description of them so that you can start to write them down and create them i guess the closing message from me is that we speak regularly on this podcast about building the life of your dreams and the foundational element of that even before action 
is the way you think. If you want to change the, your results in life, change the way you think. Because if you change the way you think, you'll change your actions, which will eventually change your results. So by going and working on your philosophy, your beliefs, your values, your ideas, the people you surround yourself with, you will change the way you think, which will change your daily reaction, which will change your daily actions, which eventually will change your results over the years. And it's a long journey that starts with you taking a look inside. Good luck building the life of your dreams. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.